Well, it looks like we've got a, a snowbird that decided to fly back up north here. We welcome him back. Um, so today we celebrate the uh, the feast. In fact, I, I think I forgot I, I forgot to uh, pray the proper prayer actually of Saint Rita. I wanted to uh, do the commemoration of Saint Rita today, and it's very ironic too because um, the mass intention actually is for Rita Justino, but. Um, Saint Rita, I think for me, is kind of a special saint because I went to Saint Rita's as a kid in Webster. And um, so from my earliest years, I remember walking into Saint Rita's church and there's a statue of Saint Rita and she had this thorn sticking in her forehead, you know, in the statue and she's bleeding down from this, this wound in her, in her head. And a, that leaves an impression on you as, as a child. Saint Rita, um, well, let's, let's talk first about the gospel and then I'll go back to Saint Rita. Uh, Christ here is talking about how his followers are going to be killed, actually. Um, and, uh, what we see here is essentially the principle by which the disciple is not greater than the master, the disciple will be treated as the master. So if you're a true disciple of Christ, and Christ, was persecuted and killed, well, maybe that's what's going to happen to you too as well. So um, don't expect uh, for anything better. And if that kind of treatment is, is given to you, then, you know, say to yourself, well, it only makes sense. It's only appropriate. I must be a true disciple of, of Jesus who was, was uh, persecuted and killed. And uh, at a deeper level, though, what we have here is Christ himself living out his passion in his in the members of his mystical body. There's such a close communion between Christians and Jesus Christ that the scriptures speak about that union as Christians being members of Christ's body. So that's how closely connected they are, like this finger with this hand or this arm with this head. Members of the same body, that's how close uh, Christ and his followers are through the sacraments, through baptism and through the other sacraments. And um, Jesus is, as it were, continuing to live out his passion across history. And he's living out his passion through us, through his disciples. And sometimes we have in the history of the church a very interesting thing because there's a it's kind of a mystical phenomenon that's referred to as the stigmata. And you have uh, the, one of the most famous stigmata, of course, is St. Francis, who received the wounds on his hands and on his side, I believe, and I think also on his feet, if I'm not mistaken, but certainly on his hands and on his side. And it was a way that this kind of mystical identification between the members of Christ's body and Christ would be realized and shown forth in the world. And it's an amazing testimony to that that deep spiritual communion. And those who are worthy to receive this gift of the stigmata, they, um, in their minds and in their hearts, they often are kind of brought into the suffering of Christ. They They can experience the suffering of Christ when they pray or whenever they have a kind of a mystical experience or whatever it might be, whenever they might be persecuted in their life, uh, they experience in a deep, profound way uh, the passion of Christ and the suffering that he endured for the salvation of the world. St. Rita was one of these stigmata. What she received, though, uh, was the, st- st- the thorns, 
Okay, so the sign of the thorns in her head, and there was one in particular, uh, one thorn in particular, one mark in particular that went into her head, and she, so this was in the later part of her life. She was actually a, a, a married woman, uh, earlier on. She had a number of children. She had married, um, kind of a, an important lord. Okay, she lived in the, in the 1400s. And, uh, this guy was pretty mean to her, and, uh, she had a really tough marriage, actually. And he died, I think, uh, in some kind of, ill-fated fashion, like in a bar fight or something, like vengeance, you know, blood vendetta. You know how those Italians are. They're always after each other and they're mad. One family's mad at another or whatever. So her husband dies and um, and then she becomes a nun. And uh, she lived probably another 30, 40 years or whatever after her husband's death. And she was known um, for being very, very close to Jesus. And God gave her that gift of the stigmata. So she could experience what Christ suffered um, during his passion. Now, just to end off here with this one final meditation or thought, it's interesting that it was aimed, that the, the stigmata was in her head. And, uh, you know, did you ever hear the expression, he's got a big head on his shoulders? Oh, don't, don't tell him that because he's going to get a big head. <laughs> you know, it's a pride. Okay? And one of the things we can do when we meditate in the rosary, and we're praying the rosary, we meditate upon the sorrowful uh, mysteries. And when we get to the point where we meditate upon the crowning of Christ's uh, head with the thorns, we can ask for the gift of humility. Um, because the head sometimes is this, becomes a symbol for pride. And, you know, you get a big head. And uh, Rita, I mean, I can imagine this in my mind. It's Think of the head inflating with air, you know, and then the thorn of Christ going in and puncturing it and blowing out the, the air being released, you know. So it's a it's a humbling process. And whenever we in our own lives go through any kind of hardship, if we embrace it and accept it as sent to us as a gift from God, as a way to identify with Jesus' sufferings, it will lead to humility. If we happen to have a big head, like I often have a big head, you know, and some some kind of trial comes our way and we accept that and we correspond to God's grace, the air will be inflated, the, the tire will be inflated and the, that pride will disappear and, uh, and thereby we'll get all the more closer to Jesus uh, because that in fact is the goal of our Christian life.